Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking to someone who I met on Lunch Club. I've talked about that several times in the past when uh, I've had guests on from there. It's a great networking opportunity. You just have a brief conversation with people from around the world. I've been doing it for a couple of years. And so anybody who's interested, just let me know and I'll send you an invitation to it. But I have met some absolutely fantastic people. And one of those is who we are happy to speak with today. So please join me in welcoming Randall Craig to our program today. Welcome, Randall. How are you doing? Oh, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks, Deb. Fantastic. Perfect. perfect. Calling all the way from Toronto. I, You know, you got to love technology, right? You know, it's it's just kind of one of those things where time, distance, space. I sound very Doctor Who, Dr. Timey-wimey. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. But um, it is technology makes it so wonderful to be able to connect with people very easily from around the world, even though Toronto's not that far away. Well, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree, and, and and I'll say that because before COVID and before mm-hmm. we really became more comfortable right. with Zoom, mm-hmm. um, for me to serve my clients, I had to get on an airplane. Right. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I've got clients in Europe, throughout America, mm-hmm. even a couple in Canada. Right. Mm-hmm. The technology makes it possible. Right. You know, and, and that's the nice thing is it not only has allowed us the opportunity to meet people, it's allowed us the opportunity to truly expand. The fact that we can, especially if we're providing a service, we can work with people from around the world, um, you know, and and you know, not get on an airplane or, as I say, don't have to put shoes on. <laughs> Who wants to put shoes on? <laughs> well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this. So Randall Craig is a serial entrepreneur who coaches CEOs on scaling their business, and he leads the Brain Trust Professional Institute. He is the author of eight books, over 600 articles, and has helped over 100 organizations scale their businesses, build capacity, and address their most pressing challenges. Randall has earned an FCMC, CFA, MBA, CSP, and he even earned a black belt in karate. He is also a Hall of Fame business speaker. So again, Randall, welcome. Well, wonderful to be here. It's a little embarrassing when you read that bio, but what can I say? You are what you are. Right. Um, yeah. And you have very rightly earned all of those designations, and it makes you a true thought leader. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> well, one of the things I always like to ask my guests is how the heck did you get to where you are today? Tell us a little bit about how you discovered that, for at least right now, this is your passion in life. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I won't go back to high school because I think most people would be very bored by that. But, <laughs> but I will say that after business school, I, I started an M&A, mm-hmm. uh, Merchants and Acquisitions, mm-hmm. and, and I was the, the junior spreadsheet jockey. And okay. 
I thought that the most important, the most creative part of the whole mm-hmm. process was actually uh, what the lawyers did. They structured the deals in ah. different ways. They were involved in it. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to get a law degree. And, mm-hmm. and I told my boss, who was the partner in charge, this is the KPMG where I was working, mm-hmm. um, th- that I'll be leaving. This is January. I'll be leaving in August. And he said, okay, thank you, Randall. The next day, I got hauled down to the uh, vice chair's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, his office was twice the size of my living room. It was a 12-foot desk. This guy's six and a half feet tall, big guy. Mm-hmm. He said, Randall, I hear we, I hear you're leaving us. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, Bob. Uh, I'm going to get a law degree. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, that's in uh, September. Uh, it's January now. Uh, if, you know, you're just going to get scut work between now and then. I said, well, listen, whatever it takes, I'm part of the team. Mm-hmm. He says, why don't you be my early morning assistant? Ah. And I said, what's the early, what's an early morning assistant? Mm-hmm. He says, well, you come by my desk around 5.36 a.m. Yeah. We just talk for like, you know, two or three hours or so. And between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., you do your day job and I'll do my job. And then I'll see you the next morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not an idiot. When a vice chairman of a multi-billion mm-hmm. dollar company says you what say is- yes sir yes sir <laughs> and and notwithstanding the fact that i've never really been at my desk at 5 36 in the morning ever before mm-hmm. thought, okay let, let, let's do it so essentially what would happen is there was two and a half three hours of time every single morning where he would drill me on strategy questions he wow. would he would say things like we're we're going to be uh, we're exploring opening a new practice in this area. Tell me whether it makes uh, 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 well, what what questions should I mm-hmm. ask about it? Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. And he just pound me on that. Then he mm-hmm. said, "I've got a dispute between some of my partners. Can you mm-hmm. tell me um, how we might resolve it?" Mm-hmm. Gee, we're thinking about this. How would you do this? And bang, bang, mm-hmm. bang, 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 bang. And I, at at nine o'clock, it's okay. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, my job. He did his. What was mm-hmm. the job? Um, this was back in the day, the early days of service marketing, when when the all the accounting consulting firms were merging. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, there was uh, Pete Marwick and Thornton Winnie. They merged mm-hmm. to become by far the biggest uh, uh, accounting consulting firm uh, in the uh, in in the country. And my job was to work with him and put together work with him. My job was to put together mm-hmm. uh, the national marketing strategy oh. for the firm. Okay. And here I was, I was a kid mm-hmm. and there was 37 people in the national marketing group. And we had to re- do, we had to reduce it. There's regional offices. There was, uh, there, there was individual offices, 75 across the country. Mm-hmm. And how does this new firm do marketing? Mm-hmm. And I found out a couple of things. Boy, was that ever fun. Well, by the way, it was a very long day, 9am to 9pm, but, mm-hmm. but A, it was a boatload of fun. Mm-hmm. B, I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And C, I started to think that maybe, just maybe, uh, going to law school is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, three years of student poverty mm-hmm. and who knows whether really I'd like it mm-hmm. and everything afterwards. So so I got a bunch of job offers and 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 went to him and said, by the way, I've decided not to go to law school. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You work with somebody so closely for so long, you right. know, you get to know He was really other. a mentor. It was almost my, I, I call that really my first MBA. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, you know, he showed me how to become a senior executive because mm-hmm. he let me into the uh, the chamber, if you will. And and it, it was it was something that some you know young guy in his uh, mid twenties normally would never have had the right. opportunity mm-hmm. to do. 
And and so he eventually said, well, what about this? What about this? And mm-hmm. you know, looking at these offers, then they said, well, why why don't you um, well, why why don't you stay here? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why would I want to stay here? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what can we do to actually get you right. to stay here? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I want this, this, mm-hmm. this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this. And he says, done. And do you want that office or this office? Uh-huh. And you know what the the thing that was going through my mind, Deb more than anything else Mm -hmm. crap i left money on the table right i didn't ask for enough right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah. so what i asked for is i i wanted to be a a a leader within this marketing Mm -hmm. strategy i wanted to implement Mm -hmm. uh, and get the the experience actually implementing in a complex environment number one and the second thing is i wanted to do billable work Mm -hmm. because i knew that was the only path to partnership right um, if I were to fast forward, I, I was at KPMG for nine years. I, I was on the partnership track, but honestly, I thought to myself, I could build a business myself. And if it's successful, I could merge in as a partner. Mm-hmm. So I, I said goodbye and started my own uh, consulting firm, mm-hmm. which which I built and eventually uh, sold to an American public company, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, after I sold it, I, I, I went through the ranks there. I was a senior VP mm-hmm. um, uh, eventually there and, and uh, um, eventually left there to uh, take a sabbatical, write a book, built another company, uh, sold it just two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, a great experience. But, but a lot of my experience was helping companies figure out what the could be is. Oftentimes they didn't know what was possible. Mm-hmm. And my job was to say, well, how might we actually use some of the new ideas and trends and issues mm-hmm. to 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 amplify the growth or address the issue or have better product market fit? And 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 some of that was uh, a lot of that was in the digital space. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I helped a, a number of major market newspapers go online. I helped a number of global law firms with mm-hmm. their digital strategy. You know, uh, some of the, um, you know, if, if there's a, a big brand name, certainly in the services or knowledge space, I've probably, mm-hmm. uh, I've probably uh, served them and, mm-hmm. and, and done something. But of course, nobody knows my name, but they know the client's name. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so that gave me, you know, uh, a lot of experience. And all mm-hmm. the companies that I started and sold effectively did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When I, uh, when I, um, the last kind of thing I realized was was that you know if you've got a lot of knowledge in scaling a business on on thought leadership mm-hmm. and on consulting helping organizations typically larger ones but uh, but but medium sized small ones mm-hmm. not for profits as well mm-hmm. um, you know something um, it's a lot of the models mm-hmm. that made me successful with my clients. Mm. That, that were very applicable mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They're very applicable for medium-sized businesses right. as well. Mm-hmm. So I started speaking about that, and boy, mm-hmm. I thought I was—I thought I was hot. I'll say, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. and 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 I, I remember once, you know, uh, when I decided that I was mm, maybe I've written a book, I, mm-hmm. I should speak about. It. I remember going to a speakers bureau, mm-hmm. and they, they they said, "Well, Randall." Uh, um, Show us your website and and give us a, a demo DVD and all. Mm-hmm. I did that, and then I remember being heartbroken when 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 uh, uh, letter came in the mail saying, uh, "Don't call us, we'll call you." Oh no! <laughs> because I, <laughs> like you said, you thought you were hot stuff. <laughs> so here's the thing that I, I I didn't realize. Number one, 
the ideas were hot stuff, but the mechanism of actually sharing them, the mode of delivery, in this case, speaking in front of thousands of people, that's actually a skill. Just like being a management consultant is a skill. Fine. I'm a fellow CMC. That's pretty big in the management consulting world. Okay, that's a skill. Mm-hmm. But 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 speaking in front of a group, it's not just public speaking. I've spoken, you know, I've right. been speaking once a month at conferences forever. But to be able to go up and say, okay, I've got an idea in my mind. Mm-hmm. And how do I make it so that the idea resonates with an audience such that they may actually do something mm-hmm. when they leave the uh, when they when right. they leave the auditorium? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, so I realized, okay, I've got to invest in that in myself mm-hmm. as well, because once you've got the 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 content, the the knowledge, mm-hmm. the frameworks, and the delivery uh, skills. So, so, you know, I'm pretty proud. You know, a year and a half ago, a year ago rather, I was uh, inducted into the Speaking Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so yes, I I can do that now. But it was mm-hmm. a it was a uh, slap in the face when I got that first letter from a speaking bureau, and 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 obviously it's it's something that uh, that makes a difference. I, I think the most important lesson I've learned in my career, and certainly as a serial entrepreneur, okay, you know, uh, obviously you know, make your payroll, mm-hmm. right? Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but but you know, it's not just take care of the top line mm-hmm. okay just just bring in the dollars and everything will mm-hmm. will, will sort of solve itself mm-hmm. but it's also the question of how do you build a business model that's sustainable mm-hmm. that can grow that fits your particular lifestyle mm-hmm. um you know at the end of your career that gee you've got a business that you can actually sell and you've built it in a way right. that you can actually do so mm-hmm. but along the way you know it's a question of of how do you differentiate yourself mm-hmm. you know it's not just a question of of, of gee you're a smart guy mm-hmm. or you've got a product that is got a great mm-hmm. fit with a particular market somebody else can do it somebody right. there's unfortunately in. nothing unique any longer no but there are some things that you can do to, mm-hmm. to, to make it unique so so what do i do right now yeah i'm still a professional speaker you know people speak get me to speak at conferences or to to you know corporate kickoffs mm-hmm. or to boards or management teams um, I spend a, a chunk of my time uh, coaching CEOs, mm-hmm. uh, typically entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. on on how to scale their business. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the issue is uh, one of my clients said, "Randall, you solved the Rumsfeld problem." Now, of course, every one of our listeners today knows what the Rumsfeld mm-hmm. problem is. Well, I didn't actually, mm-hmm. and the Rumsfeld problem, as I learned, was named after. Um, Donald Rumsfeld, the former Secretary of State, okay, mm-hmm. fairly respected by many right. people, mm-hmm. not respected by others, but he gave a, a speech uh, mm-hmm. a number of years ago, uh, and he says, you know, I'm surrounded by lots of smart people, mm-hmm. and we know what we know, mm-hmm. but the thing that scares me, and I'm just paraphrasing here, is that we don't know what we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And too often, uh, founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs. They know what they know, mm-hmm. but they don't know what they don't know. They, they, if if you ask, you know, if you say, "Here's a fact," "Here's a question," "Here's a challenge," they can usually solve the problem. Mm-hmm. It's just that they often don't know the questions, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so a lot of my coaching is okay, solving that Rumsfeld problem. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the unknown unknowns? The third thing that I I I, I do is I built something called the Brain Trust Professional Institute, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, online training with some coaching mm-hmm. on on uh, thought leadership and becoming a trusted advisor and, and a few other things because sometimes it's not economic 
for, for you to actually get a coach and work on these things, but it's right. a lot more economic to do it mm-hmm. um, on your own time. Uh, right. So that's what that is. So that's how I'm spending my time now. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I think, Deb, you know, we, we've talked before the show about your career uh, trajectory. I, I think that, uh, and it's probably true with a lot of your guests, everything that you've done in the past mm-hmm. is what prepares you for the success you're having right. today. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and sort of that's how I feel too. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. You know, and, and, and it's, the, and the failures have also prepared us, you know, and I think that's one of the things that when we see someone who is a, a great leader, a great, you know, business owner, frequently they will say they learn the most from their mistakes and their failures. Um, I agree. You know, and, and I think that's always very interesting. So, because so, you know, for one thing, they'll admit it. Those who don't admit it, that's a problem in itself. Uh, I I agree. I think arrogance and hubris are are are, are and ego are are things that absolutely prevent success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I will say I, I will say that there's there's two types of failure. Mm-hmm. There's the failures that you've talked about, mm-hmm. which is which is. Hey, we're taking a risk, okay, and we're going ahead. We're going to try it. We don't know what the market's going to say. We don't know if our people can 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 rise to the occasion. We don't know if blah blah blah. But we're going to go for it because we feel pretty. And if it fails, it fails. Those right. you're absolutely right. Those are the good failures. The bad failures are the ones that are preventable. Mm-hmm. So, for example, somebody doesn't. You know, somebody decides to reinvent the wheel before. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I should say it's been the problem's been solved before, mm-hmm. but they just didn't know what they didn't know. Right. And because of that, they mm-hmm. fail, but it's a stupid, costly mm-hmm. failure because they could have prevented it just mm-hmm. by, you know, right. They just yeah. had more knowledge. Yeah. And, and there is that thing called the internet. <laughs> but, but we see it all the time where somebody will say, I've got the greatest thing in the world, I'm going to make a bazillion dollars. And you're like, yeah, but they already did it. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and, and it really is, you know, we, we do like to think that we've got these great, fabulous ideas, but frequently we have them because somewhere in our brain, we know about those other examples, you know, and, and now maybe we're going to improve on it. We're going, you know, as, as we mentioned, you know, there's nothing unique, but there are ways to make things unique, more unique. Huh? <laughs> um, oh. So here we are. We're at ec- we're at episode. What is it? Eight thirty six. Eight hundred and thirty six. Eight hundred and thirty six. So so I I have for you the best business idea ever, Deb. Which is okay. You should you you know you you say well you could learn from the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Doctor Google solves everything. Mm-hmm. Sadly, not always the case. But I think that I think your next initiative really should be um, this eight hundred and thirty six page book called. You know, mm-hmm. insights from the business power. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 I just can't imagine how many insights you've picked up mm-hmm. just by interviewing all these mm-hmm. different guests. Right. And, and and I think that that um, it's true that the internet has answers. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that you're able to curate mm-hmm. people in this, you know, you're not going to have idiots, right? Right. <laughs> people who are you know somewhat intelligent mm-hmm. and. And it's that person-to-person connection and the insights that you get from specific people because the context that they bring is relevant to right. you. Right. right. 
So, you know, and, no. and people ask me, they'll say, what do I get out of it? Because it's not monetized. Um, you know, and, and should it be, you know, that's, that's a different debate, but I tell people out of these, now I have interviewed some of the same people multiple times. So it's not that I've had 836 independent guests, but you know, probably, you know, 800 ish. I don't know, but I learn something every single time, yep. you know, and, and to me, that is, is one of the coolest things about it. Even if it's a subject that I know quite a bit about. There's still something in there, some nugget that my guest <coughs> has the insight to talk about, and and yes. to me that's just wonderful. Yeah, and 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 thank you for having me on. By the way, uh, it's really impressive. I'm really glad. By the way, you said there's about 800 different guests that you've had. I'm really glad that you decided not to do the book after guest number 799. Otherwise, I, I'd miss my page. I know you would have you missed know? your calling. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Oh well. So. So that, that that that's kind of that's how I I got to where I am and and uh, uh, you know all I can say is is probably with a lot of the people who are listening today, you know they probably realize that that they're only successful when they actually have fun at what they're doing, right? Right? And and that's how, that's how I feel too. And that's mm-hmm. obviously uh, you know you exude fun at the same time. So so I suspect you feel the same too. I do. Yeah, and but we'll be honest. There are things that we do in business, you know, whatever, where it's like I don't want to do that. You know, like invoicing. I'm not a fan of invoicing. However, (laughs) I do know that. You know, or you know, and but that's one of the things where, as business owners, as business leaders, we need to outsource those things. You know, and, and that's one of the things where we've talked about a lot with my guests is. You know, when you start a business, we all like to think that that we know it all. We don't want to ask for help because heaven forbid that we admit that we need it. But then we discover, hey, there's all this stuff that we either A, have no knowledge about or B, just don't want to do. And so it's so important to be able to outsource, hire, do whatever so that you can focus on those things that you love. I, I couldn't agree more. Okay. And let me just extend the point as well. Mm-hmm. So for for the smallest companies, uh, the solopreneurs mm-hmm. up to around five people mm-hmm. or so, um, the things you the people you outsource to, and in fact the people you hire to be part of your team full time, and the systems that, and the processes that you actually have in place, mm-hmm. those are optimized for a small business of your size. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens, for example, when you become a 10, 15 person, right. yeah. 5, 50, 200, mm-hmm. 1,000. So it makes sense, although most people don't sort of think of it this way, that those people who got you to where you are today mm-hmm. might not be the right people to get mm-hmm. to the next size. Right. Not mm-hmm. just the employees, but the people you outsource to. Mm-hmm. The, the, the computers that you use, the systems, mm-hmm. the internal processes that might be good at a five-person or a 25-person mm-hmm. is not good for a 100-person uh, organization. Right. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs find their a challenge saying, well, mm-hmm. one sec, they've been loyal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, you know, they're the ones who, who've driven our success. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, on one hand, you want to coach them to see if they can mm-hmm. grow along with you. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I've seen a lot of businesses where they've kept people for too long, mm-hmm. or they've kept outside advisors too long, mm-hmm. or they've kept systems and processes right. too long. And I think that's the thing. It's it's not just the outsourcing, but recognizing mm-hmm. that as you grow, you've got to make changes along the mm-hmm. way. Right. 
Yeah. And, and I imagine you deal with that a lot because you talk with business owners about scaling their business, um, you know, and, and, and making that next step, you know, getting from, you know, and usually it's income level, you know, so they're getting from, you know, 10 million to a hundred million or something like that. But, you know, figuring out the, the things with, okay, do we have the right people, policies, procedures in place? And if not, what do we do? Um, and I think that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges because, again, as the business owner, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> you know. We're thinking, well, why can't we, you know, we went from here to here and why can't we just go from here to there? And we don't understand that there's all these changes and could be fundamental changes with how you do business. So let me connect what you just said with an earlier comment you made, which is mm-hmm. this. Sometimes uh, an entrepreneur, especially the smallest one, doesn't want to go to somebody else because, you know, they don't want to. F- it's the very same mm-hmm. with, with the business that's at 5 million, 10 million, right. 50, 100 million. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're a CEO, you're a group of partners, mm-hmm. or you're a managing partner, whatever they, the, the, the title is. And you, you're answering to a board mm-hmm. and you don't want to go with them and sort of, you know, open the kimono and, mm-hmm. and get people wondering whether you're. Mm-hmm. You you're you don't you can't go to your direct reports mm-hmm. all the time because um you know what your decision might be will impact them and they will right. have and through a variety of reasons. Yeah, you you don't want them to know. Mm-hmm. And 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 so that same thing is really that at you know at, at every single level. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I, when when the question of scaling a business uh comes up, okay, which is kind of what it comes up with all the time with me. Um, part of it is is the question of of okay, there's some problems that need to be fixed, things that prevent, right? So those mm-hmm. things have, but you'll never be preventing your way to growth. Mm-hmm. Okay, all you're going to be doing is removing constraints. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a people swap. Sometimes it's processes or systems, mm-hmm. etc. Sometimes it's it's a business model kind of constraint. Uh, sometimes it's financing for that mm-hmm. matter, obviously as well. So 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 part of the the scaling question is. How do you address those problems? Mm-hmm. And most leaders, I've every leader that I've uh, worked with, they know about what half of those problems are. They just don't have the experience to understand how mm-hmm. to fix it. Right. Okay. So that's 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 part of the job. Mm-hmm. The second part of it is really to say, okay, so how do we scale up to that next level? What are those opportunities? Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity to white label or mm-hmm. To um, disrupt part of, or do we need to deaggregate part of what we're doing, mm-hmm. or do we need to um, empower some of the leaders to be a little bit more entrepreneurial within the mm-hmm. organization, or do we need to? And there's a million different ways mm-hmm. to to do that transformative, disruptive thing. But sometimes it's just to say, no, we don't need to transform or disrupt or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be the next Airbnb or mm-hmm. or. or um, um, you know, whatever the uh, platform is, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe we just need to uh, uh, relook mm-hmm. at sort of how our model is built mm-hmm. to serve the clients around us. Mm-hmm. Here's us, and the the whole business is moving, the whole industry is moving around like this, right? Our mm-hmm. strategy might be not tuned mm-hmm. to what what the market might mm-hmm. be saying. There may be some new entrants that are a bit problematic that. Mm-hmm are taking clients we should be serving. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you know, there's there's a million other ways mm-hmm. to, to generate the growth. 
Maybe there's a digital angle of you know white labeling or or shared services or a million other different ways. So so those are the kinds of concepts we can talk about. Mm -hmm. But usually, um, you know, after you give somebody an idea and they're really good as a CEO, they'll know what to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, they'll know. They they say, "Aha, the light bulb went off for me. The light bulb. I hadn't thought of it in that Mm -hmm. way before." So. Does that make sense? It does. And, you know, it. I think it does take in many cases, as you're saying, kind of that initial outside force to, to show them what's going on. Because I think in many cases, and this is just purely anecdotal from my part, businesses think, okay, to scale up, we just need to do more. And so, you know, faster. maybe they produced, you know, a hundred widgets and they're going to produce a hundred thousand widgets, and they think so. We just need more space. We need more employees, and they don't understand everything that comes with that. Um, they just think, okay, we need to do more. And, and it could be something as simple as you know, a, a small business owner who's you know giving presentations, and they say, okay, we're going to go from giving two presentations a month to we want to do twenty. And they don't, you know, that that process is, you know, it's not just, hey, we want to do it. It's how in the heck do you get from A to B? So so let me give a a tangible example using that webinar example, a tangible Mm -hmm. example, um, you know, doing a webinar, doing a presentation, etc. Most business owners understand the concept of conversion. Mm -hmm. You have so many uh, suspects Mm -hmm. that become prospects that Mm -hmm. become real leads which become proposals mm-hmm. which become mm-hmm. clients. And, and the percentage change is is, is that mm-hmm. conversion rate so if you're if you've got an ad or if you've got a marketing initiative that converts say five percent mm-hmm. and you're thinking okay well i can increase my bottom line by 20 percent mm-hmm. okay if i can move that conversion rate from five percent to six percent mm-hmm. makes right? sense and it it does it mm-hmm. does it totally makes sense mm-hmm. and by the way there's lots of ad agencies and marketing mm-hmm. houses that'll say that. So I, I would say, yeah, that's true. But you're making a marketing investment on the 100%, not just mm-hmm. the 5 or 6%. Right. So what if you also focus some of your marketing attention on the other 95%? Mm-hmm. What could you do with those? It could be the reason why those other 95% mm-hmm. didn't convert is some shouldn't have been in there in the first right. place. Mm-hmm. Right. But most likely they registered they mm-hmm. put it in their calendar. They mm-hmm. chose to show up. They mm-hmm. sat through the presentation. Mm-hmm. They maybe even asked a couple of questions, mm-hmm. but they're not saying no, but they're mm-hmm. saying not yet. Right. So, for But example, then nobody follows up with them. Okay. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> oh, so of the 95%, uh, the, the other 95%, you can then phone up or email or whatever, every single one of them and say, hey, listen, I know it's a no, but maybe it's a not yet. And yeah. and maybe we can send something to you uh, like a, you know, a recording of the webinar that you could socialize with. Okay. So that's fine. Okay. But there's a concept that many marketers understand. It's called a long-term drip or long-term mm-hmm. nurture campaign right. where where perhaps you provide over a period of time mm-hmm. um information not pitch buy now not, mm-hmm. not not that but information so that mm-hmm. when they are ready to buy maybe right. it's every two months every month every mm-hmm. four three months whatever it is when they are ready to buy they'll, they'll say aha um yes deb or randall i remember randall he's the one that sent me a tip a week 
And more importantly, it probably isn't once a week. That's a little too much, okay? Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, imagine, for example, um, this was a pitch that I was making to you, Deb. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the pitch, I don't know, let's just say it's coaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, and at the end of it, you say, Ralph Randall, I don't, I don't really think it's for me but at, at this time, but thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And I say, not a problem. And so, I, of course, I would do a follow-up. Dear mm -hmm. Deb, wonderful spending some time with Hi. you. Okay, if I can help in any time uh, mm -hmm. in the future, I, please hear my contact points. And, you know, from time to time, if I see anything, maybe I'll mm -hmm. send it. To you. And then maybe a month later, I send an email saying, Deb, hope all is well. Mm -hmm. I saw an article in the such and such, or I wrote a white paper on such and such. Mm -hmm. Thought you might find it interesting. Mm -hmm. Hope all is well, Randall. Right. And, and you didn't later, try to sell me anything. Nope, nope, nope. So at the end of this, there's two things that happen. First of all, you have a better understanding that I may actually have expertise. Mm -hmm. Number two, your trust level in me has actually mm -hmm. gone up. Right. So if we think about expertise and trust, mm -hmm. if we sort of uh, super amplify them, mm -hmm. um, expertise, that's thought leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay, trust, that's becoming, positioning yourself as a mm -hmm. trusted advisor. Mm -hmm. Okay, so at that point, maybe whatever, you'll, you'll call and you'll say, hey, can, can, can you help out Randall? Mm -hmm. Or what you'll do is you'll say, uh, you, you, you'll perhaps tell one of your mm -hmm. colleagues or friends or hey, business associates. You're a great dude. You need to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So yes, you can do lots and lots and lots of presentations, mm -hmm. twice as many. But if you don't have the concept of that nurture campaign mm -hmm. uh, in place, you're giving up the other 95% of your investment rather than just focusing on, on the 5%. So that. That's an example mm -hmm. of, of, okay, what are what are some basic, simple things we can do to scale that mm -hmm. don't mean more well, wheel spinning? Mm -hmm. but. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I unfortunately, we see that that wheel spinning a lot. You know, people, uh, you know, it's the, I'm going to offer, you know, I see people, new product, new product, new product, new product. I'm like, well, but if you didn't sell the first product, are the next five or six going to sell? Um, you know, and, and, and I, you know, we've probably all done that ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it is, you, you mentioned something that I think is just absolutely critical in this whole thing. And that is that trust factor. And it is so easy, especially in this day and age of social media for that trust to go away. And, you know, and, and it, it's, it is just so hard then to even get it back because, you know, you might, they might've you know said, okay, well, you know, Randall had said he would do this and he didn't. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to not connect with him on LinkedIn. So then they're never going to see your stuff anymore. I mean, all those things. And so trust is something, and I think it's something that so many people unfortunately take for granted, but they don't realize that they have to nurture it all the time. So here, you're absolutely right. It's, it's like you're channeling the words from my brain into your mouth, Deb. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even read any of your fabulous books. Oh, my. <laughs> so so, so I'll give you another example, okay? There's a lot of people who think that because they've got a website and they're selling things, and whether it's B2C or B2B, it doesn't matter. There's, there's one particular marketing camp uh, um, approach that certainly back in the 1990s sort of came into its vogue and it's called a mm -hmm. lead magnet mm -hmm. and all me all that all that means really is it's a piece of value-added content mm -hmm. like a white paper right. or a book or or whatever mm -hmm. tool or of some sort that if if uh if 
you sort of give your contact information, mm-hmm. um, the exchange will be uh, the, the the lead magnet, right? The whatever uh, it is, mm-hmm. and 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 that seemed in the um, early and mid nineties that mm-hmm. that kind of made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're because we're, we were told your database is so important. It, it is, it is. But let me ask you: in today's cynical um, marketing world, where people are bombarded with tens of thousands of messages and everything. Mm-hmm. If I threw a little pop-up thing on my website mm-hmm. or even like a little corner mm-hmm. widget that said, uh, get the free ebook on such and mm-hmm. such, just give me your contact information. Um, have I earned the right to ask yet? Yeah. Have I built trust? No, of course yeah. not. Of course not. And and so and so anybody who's doing these lead magnet things mm-hmm. that way is mm-hmm. using the best marketing thinking of, of 25 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be effective. So if you actually went to my website, and I'm not saying I'm the best, but it's an example of mm-hmm. a way to address that, mm-hmm. is you go to www.randallcraig.com mm-hmm. and you go into the thought leadership section for white mm-hmm. papers. And if you click on one of the white papers, I'm not saying you should do it right now, but I'm mm-hmm. saying that if you click on my my lead magnet, mm-hmm. you actually get a page with the whole white paper mm-hmm. and you start to read and you think, mm-hmm. oh, this is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And you read some more and oh, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, this little box mm-hmm. sort of near, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that says enjoying the, the white paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, contact information will send it to you immediately. Mm-hmm. And and so in this particular case, I've earned the right to mm-hmm. ask. Okay. I've, I've built the trust because mm-hmm. they've actually read through some of it. I've given them more than right. just a, a promise for mm-hmm. something of dubious value. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing for those who are using this technique is that the prospects that come through mm-hmm. these leads that were mm-hmm. magnetized, they're already qualified. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's already a degree of trust built. Mm-hmm. So when you actually have the conversation, it's not being, it's not, hey, can I can you buy my services or products? Really? It's it's, it's a very different one. Mm-hmm. No, tell me, you read through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you, what do you think? What mm-hmm. resonated with you? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a much higher order conversation just because it's a higher quality lead. Mm-hmm. So right. so that that's that, that that's an example of precisely mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Same thing with respect to, you know, how we differentiate our businesses. Mm-hmm. We can only do it in one of three ways, price, expertise or trust. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, force of personality doesn't sort of rank up mm-hmm. there. Right? Um so, so you, we can compete on price, mm-hmm. in which case all of our marketing stimulus is mm-hmm. all about, here's the deal, here's the mm-hmm. deal, we're cheaper than anyone else. But that's not a sustainable business. No. Mm-mm. Right? Unless you're uh, the cheapest of the commodities, I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing to be done there. Expertise, you know, my, my challenge to people is to ask, how much have you actually invested in yourself? Mm-hmm. Honestly, beyond, you know, college and everything. Mm-hmm. How much have you actually spent to invest mm-hmm. in yourself and, and your team? Mm-hmm. Okay, because there's a lot of very, very smart people coming out of school that might not have your experience, mm-hmm. might not more than you, no right. more than you. And mm-hmm. eventually they'll out innovate you and they'll outserve mm-hmm. you. And, and so expertise is much better than price, mm-hmm. but it's also fickle because you have to continually invest in right. You can always find somebody who is um, um, more of an expert. That's right. But I'll tell you, it's it's table stakes. If, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, Deb, people don't care about me. They don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you might care about me. Okay. Yeah, really? <laughs> but, but people don't care about me or you. They care about how we can solve their problems. Right. 
and expertise, if mm-hmm. you have that expertise and proof of it, mm-hmm. then perhaps, just perhaps, mm-hmm. okay, you've got a chance at the business. Mm-hmm. So when we think about proof, what what is what is proof? Mm-hmm. You know, fine. If you go to my website, uh, randallcraig.com, there's mm-hmm. 600 free articles on there. Okay, dive into that's them. a lot of expertise, or I should put it a lot of proof of expertise. It's, it's proof of expertise. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's got value, and mm-hmm. and and, and our, our our viewers, listeners can 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 read as much as they like, mm-hmm. or even sign up to receive it weekly. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but that's an example of proof. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of others. How many books you've written? Mm-hmm. You know how you know who hires you to uh, to speak at their conference mm-hmm. or. Or, or who's your client? So all the different ways of expertise to prove. But I'd say that's still not enough because mm-hmm. unless there's trust, mm-hmm. okay, that gee, when so-and-so gives me a piece of advice or mm-hmm. gee, this product will actually work, mm-hmm. unless tr- that trust dimension is there too, okay, there'll always be somebody else who's got a sustainable mm-hmm. competitive advantage. Right. Right. And then there's the question of, well, how do we prove trust? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other and how do we develop it? And, and how does that fit into a marketing plan? Right. Um, so so that's kind of that's kind of where my mind's at anyway. Right. You know, and, and with trust, it, it because to me, you know, I, I agree with you that it is it is the, the most important because if you don't have trust, you know, I might pay more to go to somebody else. Or, or, you know, even if they don't have as much expertise, if I don't trust that you're going to do it. And I think, you know, a good example right now is probably Southwest Airlines. (laughs) They, you know, hello, they just really messed up a lot of people's trust. And, you know, they, they are the inexpensive airline. We fly them all the time. I, you know, because they are the the least expensive, all sorts, we're not, not the least, but, you know, they're, they're, um, but, you know, the, the, when they, now there are people who are going to go back to them no matter what. And a lot of people will eventually go back to them. But you know, now people are like, well, I'm I'm gonna pay more because whichever airline is going to get me where I want to go and not send my suitcase 900 different places. Okay, um, so let's 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 just deconstruct that a sec. Mm-hmm. What you just said, because I um I'm gonna go there because they can actually deliver on their promise. Mm-hmm. Is that not expertise? Gee, I can move a plane and a mm-hmm. load people from point A to point B. Right. Okay, the trust angle mm-hmm. is really all tied into brand equity. Mm-hmm. And whether Southwest Airlines is able to actually um, win back people, right. mm-hmm. they've expended a huge amount of brand equity. Mm-hmm. And they'll either be able to rescue it or they'll, they'll not. But right. trust is shaken mm-hmm. because people are, are going to say, well, trust, but now let's also verify. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And that's that, that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um one of the models that we use with our with all of our clients is something called the trust curve, mm. and 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 I, I think that this is something that is 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 apropos to our conversation as mm. well, and and um, I think one of the problems with a lot of traditional marketing, just just as an example, is that too often it's using frameworks like the four P framework, mm-hmm. you know, price, product, place, promo, and gee, if you get all these things right. All will be all will be good. All is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And in the 1960s, when this first in late 60s, when this first came about, it was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just gut, although right. gut is very critical too. Mm-hmm. But but the framework works. The problem with that mm-hmm. framework and that old school marketing thinking is that where's trust in that equation? It's mm-hmm. not there. Mm-hmm. 
So, so one of the uh, uh, a replacement model that, that we use the, the, with all of our clients, it's our model, mm-hmm. is called the trust curve. Essentially, it says that as trust increases, people will move will, will move from who the heck are you to um, committed, okay, I'm signing the contract, I'm buying the product or service. And people move through four stages, mm-hmm. awareness, preference, trial, commitment. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly rocket science. But if you think about what a, as an organization, what your marketing plan is, it's what are the things that generate awareness, build trust? Mm-hmm. What are the things that say, hey, listen, it's me mm-hmm. uh, or my products, my company, my mm-hmm. services uh, that you want to do? That's preference. Mm-hmm. What are the initiatives that drive trial? And what are the, the initiatives that, that that cause people to actually sign? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Deb, uh, you know, in our conversation before, I don't think I asked you this question, but what kind of car do you drive? It's a Nissan pickup. A Nissan pickup. Okay. Mm-hmm. No Ford F-150 for you. Uh, That's a little big. <laughs> so so let me ask you, before this Nissan, what did you drive then? Uh, Dodge. And the reason why you decided to get the Nissan was what? I wanted a pickup. <laughs> I wanted a pickup. Okay. That's and it was available. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't exact. So I'm one of those where brand you know it, there was no brand loyalty i yeah. mean it was and and i bought it during covid so that just made things really wonka doodle but what happened was i trusted the dealer so so let, let let's let's just hold on on this one for a second mm-hmm. okay because because for other people who are listening the reason why they might want that new car is because they've got kids they want a van mm-hmm. right. they don't have the kids they want a sports car Mm-hmm. Uh, the old car costs too much, whatever it is, but mm-hmm. awareness, okay, um, need a new car. Preferences, um, why did you get Nissan rather than the other? Why did you consider Nissan? So from a business's perspective, what are the things that you're doing to have people prefer you? Mm-hmm. What are those trust-building right. activities that, that cause people to, mm-hmm. to prefer, prefer you versus somebody else? Mm-hmm. In your particular case, availability. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people during right. COVID, car mm-hmm. availability was huge. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, what did my friends say? That's social mm-hmm. media or that's mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Sometimes it's, wow, look at those commercials on TV. What, mm-hmm. There's always a marketing stimulus to mm-hmm. generate preference. Now, when you went to dealer, okay, I'm just guessing you did not have a barrel full of money that you dumped on. Yes, on here. The <laughs> and, they, and they said, okay, here we go. Have Here's your keys. keys. Mm-hmm. No, you probably said, um, okay, that sounds interesting. Let me take it for a test drive. Mm-hmm. Right? That's trial. Mm-hmm. And then and then at the very end, it, it's it's uh, commitment. And mm-hmm. that's when they, they say, well, you know, you could do financing with this, or you could do mm-hmm. all these different stimuluses to make it easier for you to actually mm-hmm. commit. So, so if you think about this trust curve, by the way, it works in almost anything. Think about mm-hmm. hiring people. Right. Okay. Gee, I need somebody. That's awareness. Mm-hmm. Preferences. Let me advertise. Mm-hmm. Trial is the interviews, and mm-hmm. commitment is the uh, is is the the job offer. Mm-hmm. We're back. We had a dramatic pause in here. Yeah, and the dramatic pause, of course, is caused by the wonders of of, of the of the internet. My apologies. We bragged for that. about it. So, look what happened. We broke it. We we did need the strength of our ideas, Deb. What can I say? <laughs> I love it. So you were talking about the the trust curve. And how even hiring an employee goes through those those four steps. Anytime there's a decision that a business needs to make, mm-hmm. the trust curve applies. Mm-hmm. And, and and the the other thing I it may have got cut off, but 
at every touch point, trust mm-hmm. either goes up, right. goes down. Mm-hmm. If you think of every uh, client, customer, contact, referral mm-hmm. source, whatever mm-hmm. comes in contact with anybody in your organization, mm-hmm. the trust goes up, right. up or down. Mm-hmm. The trick is how do you make up mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the trust curve, not down. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of the things that struck me as I had the dramatic pause to think about this was it's it's both sides. You know, it, the trust curve is happening with both sides of the people doing the transaction. You know, the, the business yes. is trusting that you're going to follow through with your commitment of, you know, buying, you know, doing whatever. Same with, you know, the, the employer, you know, is the employee going to do that? But the employee is looking at, you know, is that employer going to follow that trust curve? Um, you know, because they they want to make sure that it's that's going to happen too. And And I think that's something people need to remember is it's a two-way street. It, it is a two-way street, okay? And, and most of my work is, is frankly, on, on the, the marketing and business growth side, not on the pure HR. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what I would say that, that too often, there isn't the structure and the marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. There's all these big things, but literally, what are the things that move your, your, your business from awareness to preference to preference mm-hmm. to trial from trial commitment, okay, and, and then generate loyalty? It's really no harder than that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, I think, the, the essence of, of, of how you build that trust mm-hmm. through the various everything through. So, right. and that's what we so teach. So, how does the a business tr- even get started in the trust curve? Um, I think the, the answer to that one is, is a, a little bit more um, complex. Certainly, there's a process we take our clients mm-hmm. through. But, uh, you know, I, I never suggest that at the very beginning. You know, what I do is I say, I'll give anyone 15 minutes of my time. Mm-hmm. I love learning about different businesses. Mm-hmm. And certainly anybody here who's listening, I, I'd be happy to spend 15 minutes and, mm-hmm. and give you some perspective one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And am I allowed to say how they can reach me or not? Well, we'll get to that um, because we definitely do want you to provide that information. So, so, so what, what I typically will do is, 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 is get a sense as to what the scope of their problems are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't need to go through this whole trust mm-hmm. curve program. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they need a little bit of coaching mm-hmm. because once they may not know, they, they know the, they'll know the answers if they knew the right questions. Right. Mm-hmm. And that might be all that they need. Maybe mm-hmm. all they need, hey, I can send you one of my white papers. Mm-hmm. I got 40 of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gee, they're thinking selling the business in a couple of years, here's a white paper. Mm-hmm. You're concerned about recession-proofing your business, mm-hmm. here's a white paper, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it, it's, okay, let's go through the trust curve. Mm-hmm. The easiest thing is actually go and, and, and write down four words, awareness, preference, trial, commitment, and look at what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and saying, what, is, what am I doing right now in each of the four? Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you've got that, you, you probably notice that some are a little weaker than others. Mm-hmm. And starts you know the weaker stuff for stuff that's more, mm-hmm. um, you know, impactful, greater business impact. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, and as you said, it's it's knowing the questions that sometimes is the trickiest part. Um, you know, and, yeah. and because we don't know what we don't know. Yes, 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 yes. So exactly. Um, what else? What else can I answer for you, Deb? You know, if, uh, I always ask my guests for things that they want to cover. And one of these really piqued my interest. You said, are you a golfer? 
academic, uh, commodity, or star? Tell us more about that, because I'm not a golfer. <laughs> but I'm guessing that you don't really mean a golfer golfer. No, and I don't mean an academic either, for that matter. Mm-hmm. So so we've been talking sort of around the topics of, mm-hmm. uh, of thought leadership and, and trusted advisor. And they're actually two different things. Mm-hmm. And what I'd like you to do is, is think about uh, a two-by-two two matrix going okay. up and down is your trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. You've got low advisor mm-hmm. status, or, or you're really a high trusted, right. high trust. Mm-hmm. And along the bottom axis, imagine thought leadership. Okay. And so you, you're either you don't have much thought leadership. You, you yes, you might have expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you might even be an expert, but you're not a thought leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the other side of it is you're very, 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 very much a thought leader. Mm-hmm. And and so, so the people who are very, very low thought leadership, but also low in the trusted advisor, they're commodities. Mm-hmm. People who are trusted advisors and right. thought you leaders. You just buy them to buy them. There's not much. You just buy it. Right. And and the people who are really thought leaders and trusted advisors, mm-hmm. they are, are the, the stars. Mm-hmm. The people who have lots of trust, but low thought leadership, those are the golfers. Yeah. And, the, and the people who are really thought leaders but they haven't sort of moved up that trusted advisor you know scale those are the academics right. lots that of makes knowledge. sense they're book smart and they're book smart or they've got lots of research or they're mm-hmm. brilliant but they haven't figured out how to move up the trust curve yet really uh and and therefore um make a real difference obviously every everybody's in a different place in these four quadrants and the mm-hmm. question is for your business for you as a leader, mm-hmm. how do you move towards, or if you're happy being an academic, how do you maximize your academicness or, or become a great golf? Right. My suggestion is if you want to be a, grow a sustainable difference, mm-hmm. you have to move from golfer or academic up to star. And if mm-hmm. you're a commodity, it's just a matter of time be- before somebody eats your lunch. Right. Yeah. Because if you are just a commodity, that means you're you know, in many cases, only competing on something like, say, trust and or, or not trust, oh. um, price. Price was what I meant to say. And and so then yeah. somebody comes along and beats that price, um, you know, and, and, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's the pickup, whether it's your laundry soap, you know, whether it's a consultant, you know, somebody offers you a better deal. And, you know, if somebody's just the commodity, you're like, OK, fine, I'll switch. Price, expertise, trust. Mm-hmm. And, and let's face it. You know, there are some businesses that say, listen, we have to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And to, for those business leaders, I'd say, yes, mm-hmm. but it's not a question of, of, of reducing price, reducing price. Mm-hmm. It's a question of providing value. Right. And, and, and value may be less expensive, mm-hmm. right? But clients, customers, they're more concerned about value than price. Yes, some truly don't have the money to afford, but most right. are concerned solving a problem and therefore right. value. Right. And and let's be honest, the people that, that we're talking to who are listening to this program, they're in the realm. They're not the commodity people. They don't want to be the commodity people. Um, no. You know, they, they want to be the stars. And so that's, that's the cool thing about what we're doing here is, is helping them along the way. Well, Randall, oh my gosh, we are almost out of time. And I did pause the clock while we were you know, having our little technical difficulties. But, you know, I, I would love to have you on again to continue to follow up with this, because I think it's, it's just a fascinating conversation. But tell people where they find you and what are the services that you provide? 
Wonderful. So go to randallcraig.com and under thought leadership, there's 600 articles. There's mm-hmm. no cost. There's, there's a, a small number of the white papers I've written. Mm-hmm. Uh, great information there. Once again, no costs at all. I signed up for the weekly tip sheet. Ah, we're relaunching that in just a few weeks. Uh, your listeners will probably be able to get it uh, fresh off the bat. Right. Got, um, but if you want to speak to me, I'm happy to meet with anybody mm-hmm. for 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, and let me know your problems. It's it's mm-hmm. a 15-minute uh, test drive. Ask me anything. And, and if I've got a resource, I'd be happy to send it to you based on the conversation. If it turns out that you have something more substantive, okay, um, uh, we could talk about that. We've got the Brain Trust Professional Institute also mm-hmm. available at randallcraig.com, mm-hmm. which is online learning on being a trusted advisor mm-hmm. or being a thought leadership. Thought mm-hmm. leadership is now, uh, you know, launched. The the trusted advisor one will be shortly. Cool. Um, and and obviously, if uh, people would like me to speak at a conference, you could reach out to me then. Mm-hmm. To book a meeting with me, randallcraig.net slash 15 randallcraig.net slash 15 to get all the free resources on the randallcraig.com website. Perfect. I love it. I love it. You know, and I was looking through your website before we started and was just dumbfounded at how much great information there is, you know, and, and partially because a lot of people will go, well, why would you be giving it all away? You're not giving it away. You know, that's, that's the thing is you are showing them that you are that trusted resource, um, you know, and, 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 you know, it's, I always, it it bothers me when I talk to people and I can't give you anything. Oh, no, no, can't give you anything. Um, you know, it's like, okay, so you don't want to be that trusted person because to me, that's part of the trust factor. I'll also say there's a bit of laziness in here. <laughs> and the reason why is, is because before anyone engages me as a CEO coach, as a business coach, mm-hmm. okay, always a question in their mind. How do we know how you think? Right. And, and it's a lot easier for me to say, hey, buy a whole bunch of my books or just, mm-hmm. just go to my website. Yeah, and read, read some of the white papers. Mm-hmm. Read and, your blog. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, do my, you know, and, and if they do that, they say, okay, I, I think this guy is, mm-hmm. is on the right track. So I don't want to say laziness, laziness, but it makes it easier. It, it, for it's, it pre-qualifies them. It, 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 it does. But mm-hmm. it also, you know, there's a certain ego in it. It's very nice when you're quoted in the newspapers mm-hmm. or very nice when when powerhouses like uh deb and the power hour say please can you join us on the on, on the podcast so so that's that's part of it too so thank you for asking well see and i knew we would have an absolutely fascinating discussion and it's it's been so much fun you know and, and really i can't wait to do it again and so I, I look forward to that but until then do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with yeah um i i guess uh one of my clients earlier on today said, oh, my God, there's so much to do. It's almost overwhelming. Now, she wouldn't admit that to her board or to her management team. And and I'll say this. Everybody is where they should be in their business. Okay, the only question, the only thing that you have under your control is what direction that you wish to take it and how you want to use your time, whether you've got the right knowledge and, and supports to get you. And as long as you take one step along that path, okay, you're going to get to where you need to go. And And if I can help in any way, I'd love to meet you. I love it, Randall. And I can't wait to talk to you again. This has been a a wonderful discussion. I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Randall Craig. And until until next time, everyone have a great day. 
Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.